one time I, as a dancer, I got hit by a chair in the strip club. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 41 of The Ross Trevino Project. Today's guest is a retired stripper and now hosts the podcast next on stage one. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Pixie. So where should we start? Um, yeah, how did you get into stripping? Well, it's a long story. Uh, basically, I was 18 with a brand new baby and I had no skills. Oh, okay. Did someone suggest it to you? I mean, when uh, when in Rome, you got to go and learn it. You got to go do something. I don't know. It, it was one of those things that um, I fell in love with my high school sweetheart and he turned out not to be a good guy. And yeah, I was basically 17 and pregnant. And then it just ended up being like, well, I got no skills. So stripping should be easy because everything, it was all in the 90s. Everybody, like, it was so glamorized. Everybody had like big, long, big, tall hair, long legs, no boobs. Well, fake boobs and no ass. You know, I didn't match the stereotype at all. So. I was like, I can, I can do this. <laughs> it was, it was definitely not for the faint of heart. So, <laughs> so want to go back to like your first day ever doing it. Like, what was that like? Okay, so the the first club I ever worked at was called this place Kimberly's, and it had one stage. So it had a a runway with a stage with one pole in the center, and it was a rised above. So it so. All of the dancers were up above you, so you had to you had to look up. You had to look up, and you're sitting in these old. Oh, I got this hair in my nose. <laughs> you got you got all of these older gentlemen just watching you, and all of the, they're like these ugly red chairs, and the whole booths all the way around are these big old red booths, and everything is dark and dingy. So, like the whole motif is like red and black and and then there was the little brass poles like right around the stage so there there was like nothing to really hold on to except for the the one pole in the middle and and it was a it was what's known as a juice bar oh a juice bar so a juice bar is a is a strip club that is completely nude and being 18 and not knowing anything about it i i walked in i showed him my id and i talked to him and they're like oh yeah you don't have to go completely nude for your first set <laughs> for your first set you don't have to it's fine you're you're fine and i was like i was like okay well it's not so bad if i don't have to get completely nude i get up on stage i've got i look i i probably look like i was 16 i was I still look really young for how old I am, but I, I kid you not, um, young Pixie was was very tiny, very small and, and dainty. And so I get up there and I'm dancing to, I, what was the song? Um, it was uh, my, my Baby's a Centerfold. And so I'm up there, I'm dancing to this music and, and I'm having 
you know, I'm having a good time and I, I don't have I don't have the right shoes. They're all clunky wedges like like you'd wear to prom and and they're thick. And, and the underwear I wore was like these big granny panties. And I I I wore like this little black baby doll and nothing. It wasn't it was like sexy, innocent, but it wasn't sexy because at at the age of 18, you think you know what sexy is, but it's not really. So it was like a this misconception of what I thought was sexy and I'm I'm dancing and I don't really know uh, it's like yeah, it's not really it's not really enjoyable at all I it was probably enjoyable for the old pervy dudes that were watching young little pixie just dance cuz I'm telling you I was stacked I was stacked I had I had nice boobs and no ass <laughs> Because, I mean, that's just the way I was built back back in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was really it was really interesting. After I got done, they're like, oh, that's great. But the next time you go up and dance, you need to go completely nude. And I was like, because I, I had I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't I didn't know how to talk to anybody. I didn't know how to present myself. It was like like a deer in headlights. And that's how it is every time I see a brand new dancer. I was like, I remember that. <laughs> so was it the idea of going fully nude that was the scary bit? I think so. I think you have to have a certain kind of um, je ne sais quoi. You, you got to have a personality that's able to get up on stage and, and be able to be confident in their own skin and dance in six-inch stripper heels and to music and not fall on your face because well we didn't drink that's how come i i got to work at the bar is because it was you could be 18 in the strip club because they didn't serve alcohol oh okay but you could be nude <laughs> funny dynamic isn't it <laughs> can't drink but you can get up there naked yeah <laughs> and so they made you um sell drinks so you had to sell juice drinks to people so that they could buy you it wasn't really a lap dance they did like these um small stage dances but depending on like the drink size that you sold them you got so much time with the dancer so if you bought them like this big juice bowl there's no alcohol in it but it cost it cost him like $40 to buy juice for the person. I was like, this is ridiculous. And then you had to go dance for them. Why not just let me go dance for this person and make money? It was, it was really weird. <laughs> Did they have to attend it about juice? They, they, ha they had a bartender that s sold and served juice to all of us. And it was mandatory that we sold at least two drinks a night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. how how common is the idea of like a juice bar um it's pretty common it's pretty common oh, okay. that's that's how a lot of um burlesque places get around you know adult entertainment some places are um bring your own booze <laughs> it it all depends on the city and the you know the local statue some places are different so this is this is about like regulation so if if you if you claim you're a juice bar then you don't have to abide by certain laws is that what it is well you get there there's different laws i guess if if you're drinking alcohol you can't be nude can't be completely nude so so that because then there's 
there's a health regulation. Hazardous. It's, ha- it's hazardous. Um, so when I, my last bar that I just got done working at, it's topless, but you had to wear two thongs when you're dancing. So instead of like no thongs, it's two of them at the same time at all times. And that's, that's for health reasons because uh, you don't want to stray pubic hair getting lost in somebody's uh, margarita. <laughs> It's like the hairnets you have to wear. <laughs> Do you know if you work in the kitchen, you have to wear like a hairnet. Did you have to wear one of those? Down? <laughs> As a waitress, I had to be trained in food prep, even though we didn't. We served pizzas, and that was it. So we didn't serve anything, but I had to wear steel-toed. Well, I had to wear closed-toed shoes. I had to make sure that I was cleaning up things in a proper way. I was wiping things down, and. And you had to have a certificate that was redone every two years as a waitress at a strip club. I was like, really? This is what? Okay. All right. <laughs> so. It's so unnecessary, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. The, th- the things you have to jump through. <laughs> so so what's, what kind of funny stories do you have from your time at the strip clubs? Okay. So this is a story that I tell on a lot of people's podcasts, because it's kind of interesting. One time, I, as a dancer, I got hit by a chair in the strip club. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> this is about uh, three years ago, four years ago. And I'm, I'm always ready. I'm like your classic. I got to be there on time. I got to be early and I got to be ready for my shift, ready to go. It doesn't matter what kind of job it is. When I'm dancing, it's the same. So I get there to the club. I get dressed and I'm like 30 minutes before anybody else. I got makeup on. I got my cute little outfit on. I'm ready. I sit down with the customer. I get me a drink. It happens to be a Moscow mule. Do you know what that is? No, no. Oh, they're fucking delicious delicious it's just just yummy just deliciousness in a copper mug and so i get called up it's the first changeover from night to day so there's a difference of kind of girls and there's a difference of the music and everything but i'm not girl on stage one girl on stage one she gets to pick the music and and i'm girl stage number three so there's three stages and it's built like a triangle and stage two is over by the dj over by where the girls get dressed over by um the lap dance area i'm on stage three which is in the middle and stage one is by the front of the door and then there's a bar on the other side well i i'm on stage three and The first song comes on and the girl who's on stage one, she loves Fleetwood Mac. She loves anything to do with the seventies. She has the whole, the whole motif. She wears like the rock shirts. She's got the longer hair. She's got, you know, she's got that look to her. And so here I am in my favorite outfit, bullshitting with people. I'm up on stage three and I'm, and I'm dancing and there's this guy sitting down below there the stages are like an octagon and they got these awkward short poles in each of the corners so i'm dancing i'm like oh my god this guy's terrible he starts jamming out he's got he's playing the hi-hat he's doing the cymbals he's he is he is going to town on these air drums during Fleetwood mac i'm like just 
give me a dollar and go away. My whole job is to get a dollar from you per song. Why are you sitting at my stage? I'm, I'm like, this guy needs to go. And he is this big, tall, like just gorilla looking like big man. And he is sitting there at my stage and won't give me a single dollar. So song number two comes on. I get undressed. I get down on my knees and I go, hi, in my most cute, like entertainer voice. How's it going? And he reaches up and he grabs me by the back of my hair and he pulls me down to the stage. So I'm like, what in the world is going on? I don't know what's going on. I don't know. People don't touch me. You don't touch me. You don't touch a stripper. You don't go to a strip club and put your hands on a stripper. So in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck? I, I pull back up to get off, to get up. And he grabs me and he pulls me back down. At this time, I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on your show, yeah, but I do, I do a lot of cursing. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I'm like, this guy. How dare you? So I reach up with the palm of my hand and I start hitting him on his ear over and over again because I want to be, this can't happen. You can't put your hands on me and hold me down to the stage. I don't, I don't think so. I am five foot in in without heels. I'm five, six in heels. So I'm still short, even in heels. I, I break free. I, I get up, I grab my clothes, I grab my drink, and I just start cussing him out. I'm like, how dare you? Don't do it. And you could hear me over the music. Like the DJ didn't stop. The doorman didn't stop. Nobody stopped. I got down off the stage. I'm walking past stage two. I look over my shoulder and this guy is running straight at me. I'm like, what the? And I throw my drink and it hits him in his chest, which obviously makes him more mad it's like a raging bowl in a china shop and i take a run and dive and i leap over into the lap dance area into the couches and um i swing my arms up like this and the guy throws a chair straight down on me there was a customer with a with a dancer on his lap and he pushed the dancer out of the way he got hit on the head and i got hit on my forearms with the chair, the guy threw three chairs that night. The doorman didn't kick his ass. The the bouncer didn't, uh, nobody kicked his ass. Nobody stopped him. Nobody called the police all because he was fucking the bartender. And his name was Tarzan. So he was a big gorilla, a gorilla motherfucker. So I was like, you how dare you and i was i was mad i was like throw him out kick him out and they're like oh we can't do that why because because it's gonna upset the bartender well she's not allowed to bring her boy toy into the bar i'm not allowed to bring my husband into the bar get rid of him (laughs) they're like do you want to go home yes (laughs) absolutely (laughs) that's that definitely seems like reason to Ask to go home to leave your establishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, things like that happen to me all of the time. My front teeth are fake. Oh, okay. Is that from that so, incident or a different? No, incident? that's from a different incident. <laughs> oh my god, what happened there? Uh, no, well, 
that's that's one that I'm still telling on my podcast. Mm. So it's uh, part one is I got into a fight over a a douchebag ex boyfriend. So and I fought three women on the front lawn of the girl that he was cheating on me with. So this wasn't three different love interests. This was this was one lady and then her buddies. And I, I just took them on. I was like, you know what? Let's do this. And usually that's my problem is that I tend to get into a lot of fights or I used to allegedly get into a lot of fights. I, I've turned a new leaf. I'm I'm less uh, cankerous as I used to be. <laughs> Were you always that way inclined or was it like just the sort of environment you found yourself in? I grew up tough. So I grew I grew up with a, more guy friends than girlfriends. And ever since I was little, I always fought. I always fought with my brother and my sister. I always I was always in and out of trouble. I had a seat in the principal's office all of the time and mm. <laughs> it it never really stopped. <laughs> <laughs> when when you were at school, like what what did you what was like your dream job? I don't I I didn't like school. I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to be. I, there really wasn't there there really hasn't been a compass to what I I've always just liked doing art and making things. And so it, it it's kind of hard when when you can't find a focus that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I've learned so many different things. I know how to weld. I know how to do body work. <laughs> um, I'm just this weird. I can sculpt. I can paint. I can do I can pretty much do anything that I put my mind to it. So I kind of get bored really easy. So I don't know what I didn't know what I wanted to be. It it definitely wasn't a stripper. I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a job. Maybe it's not a job you're aware of when you're younger. Well, I think it was really prevalent back in the 90s. There was a lot of like movies and there was a lot of like music. You know, MTV always had music videos going on. So you had this sort of weird glamorized thing of what was going on but you didn't really know like we don't know like young kids now know more about strip clubs than I did when I was their age so and that that's terrifying to me like the way that we're allowing children into the adult realm it it's terrifying to me and it it kind of bothers me in a way. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have ever picked this profession for my younger self. Like I don't know why that was that was okay with me being 18 and going, yeah, I could do that. No nobody stopped me. My my mom, she didn't care. My father, he didn't care. It wasn't really like I wasn't running for any from anything. I didn't have any drug issues. I, I didn't have any daddy issues. I just, I was just this wild individual that w- just had to go and do whatever I wanted to do, but take care of a, a small child. So it was like, okay, this is something I can do. <laughs> what are some of the things that sort of like media gets wrong about uh, stripping as a profession? That we're all druggies and we. Where yeah, I 
I have never even, uh, the most I've ever done is uh, mushrooms and half of a Vicodin. Okay. I don't smoke cigarettes. Uh, I barely drink. I, I used to drink like a fish when I was a waitress, but I don't, I don't even go to the bar now. I go, I went last night to my friend, my old bartender. I didn't even, I had a Dr. Pepper. I didn't even drink. <laughs> so it's, it's weird. And a lot of people get it wrong that they think because an entertainer is, is up on the stage that she, she's expecting that that she wants to be touched, that she wants this, all of this stuff to happen to her, but it's not the case. A lot of people like myself, I'm basically a vanilla stripper. So I, I don't like to be touched. I, I don't, you can't do anything to me. I don't want you to do. I, I'm not going to go home with you. I, I'm not into threesomes. I'm not, I'm really vanilla when it comes down to it. I'm just, I'm just able to talk to people when I'm nude. That's really what, what's easy about it. What's like, what's like the worst situation you found with a, a patron who's got like the wrong idea? Well, um, one time I was bent over uh, on stage one, putting, grabbing my clothes. So my feet are on the floor and I'm, I'm just leaning over the stage. And one of my friends, he was one of my patron friends, who I thought was my friend, he came up and he slapped my ass so hard. I turned around and I just, I just slapped him back in his face and I just started <laughs> barking at him. I'm like, how? And I, I'm short, so I have to kind of jump. So it looks like a chihuahua. <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> Don't you ever put your hands on me or another person ever again without asking them. He started crying. Like, oh. <laughs> you want me to cry? Because you just hit me. Suck it up, buttercup. If you're going to hit me, I'm going <laughs> to, it's violence. I choose violence <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and it's, it's really one of those things when, when you're building relationships with people and you're nude. People sort of get that wrong idea. I'm like, this this is not how it is. And it it's really hard to get that point across to people that I'm a normal person. This is my job. I I'm I'm a fantasy. I like to look pretty and I like to entertain people. But people are like, oh well, I'll just I'll just give her a couple more bucks and she'll just go home with me. No, it's that it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. It's like this huge fantasy. And when guys come in, they they just get it. They get it kind of wrong. I mean, it does happen. I met my husband at the strip club. It does happen. He was I had showed up early. I was drinking at the bar and I sat down next to this guy with a six inch mohawk, no facial hair, goofy as tall six two i we just started talking i was like all right he started buying me drinks i'm like yeah because i because i don't want to spend my own money in in the bar i want somebody else to buy me drinks because mm. why come to work if i'm going to spend my own money i could just go to another bar and spend my own money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so we're so we're hanging out we're talking and he goes i go i gotta i gotta go to work he's like where do you work i was like here and he's like oh you know, a waitress or a bartender? I was like, no, one of the dancers. And he's like, oh, 
okay. I go back, I get changed, I come back out, I, I go to talk to him and it, and it was like a total, he was talking to a totally different person. <laughs> He's just like, who are you? I was like, Pixie, I just talked to you. He's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Didn't even recognize me from wearing makeup and not wearing makeup. I was like, this guy, is this guy drunk or dumb? Well, no. he's mine now, so <laughs> he can be whatever he wants. <laughs> Do you think there was a certain um, swag you had about you when you became like uh, the performer Pixie? So you came out and there was a different attitude that he didn't recognize when he saw you. There's definitely performer Pixie, there's business Pixie, and then there's like the nerdy Pixie. And sometimes they, they mesh and then sometimes they, they don't even know who each other which which one is which? So it's kind of interesting to see when I start talking to people. They're like, huh. Oh. Like my daughter hates podcasting pixie. She does. She's like, she's like, can you not be in podcasting mode when you talk to me? Ah, well, that's it's kind of hard to do when when I produce three different shows. <laughs> <laughs> How does podcasting pixie differ from regular pixie? Um, regular pixie is probably more quiet. Well, I make a lot of weird noises on my own. Oh, okay. So like I'll sing, I'll sing to myself and I'll make like, I'll, I'll do, I do lots of this, lots of hand motions and stuff, but I, I'm not as, as forceful when I'm normal me, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, podcasting pixie can be pretty, pretty pushy, not as like high entertaining as, as stripper pixie. So. <laughs> okay <laughs> which pixie do you prefer uh I, I don't know i think it i think they all kind of mesh together and it's just been this one big happy ride because i've been pixie for 23 years uh, okay <laughs> so at this point it, it's all the same to me Ah, uh, nice uh you said you did you try and do OnlyFans at some point or was it like a chat room? Like how did that go? It went horribly wrong. So so fans only is another one of those things. I I, I call it only fan. Yeah, I call it fans only because yeah. I'm something's wrong with me because uh, I keep. So I started fans only because I was like, hey, you know, I'm not working. I'm not producing any. I'm doing the podcast, but you know, it'd be nice if we had some extra income. And my husband agreed to take pictures of me and it, it did, it didn't go as well or as smooth as planned because there's such a marketing side to the fans only that it, it's just not, nobody tells you, nobody tells you that you're going to be taking 300 pictures and then you're only going to like about 20 of them. And then you're going to have to edit those 20. And then you're going to have to market that set of pictures to people all of the time. So, so yes, it's easy to take pictures. It's easy to get all dolled up. But then it, it just becomes this huge marketing chore over and over again. And nobody helps. The, the community, unless you have big numbers, people... People disregard you. They go, oh, what's what's your number? Oh, you're uh, 86% of, uh, of your income? 
oh, well, I can't talk to you because I'm only, I'm the top 10 of all earners on fans only. So it becomes this crazy hierarchy of, of women and men looking for this number, looking for this, this clout that they were all chasing. So it was like, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't talk to you. They wouldn't collab with you. Um, they, they, they talked a lot of shit <laughs> and it was, it was so weird to be in this, this sex industry, but not having like a group of people you can ask to go, Hey, what do I need to do to make money? Because everybody wanted to be tight, tight lipped about how they were making money. Like it was a trade secret, sweetheart, you're taking off your clothes and you're, you're talking to people and you're making money. Just tell me what kind of clothes you were wearing in that particular shoot. <laughs> it was, it was, it was like prying um, blood from, from a turnip. It was so hard and it, and it really turned me off. And then, and then it got, it, it just, it just evolved into something that wasn't, it wasn't productive for me. And my husband wanted out. He's like, it's, it's too weird. People are in our bedroom. They know what our bed looks like. Oh yeah. That would be weird. <laughs> he hate, yeah. he hated it. He's like, it would be one thing if we were renting like a hotel room and people could see what was going on in the hotel room, but they're in our bedroom. And that's, mm. I started posting on Twitter to get um, not only the podcast out, but to get my fans only out because I was like, I don't know anybody on Facebook. I don't know anybody on Twitter. And yet it just, it, it did not work for me. Um, Facebook has banned me at least 10 times. Um, it, they, they let me back and then they like, oh, well, you can't do this. And oh, d don't you dare do that. So, so Facebook is not really an option for me. So I, I, I started on Twitter November this, last year on Twitter. I had like, I had like a hundred followers and I had, I didn't know how to use Twitter. And so fans only didn't help me. It didn't help me. You would think that the sex industry would help a sex podcast grow. You would think uh, there, there's a little TNA and it would be just fine. No. Nope, it, it didn't help. And no, the pictures aren't available for you, weirdo. I I see you. I see you out there. Don't, it, they're not there. I know because I checked myself. <laughs> and and yeah, just, yeah, you know, uh, uh, that's where the Patreon's going to come in handy, you know? <laughs> just saying, guys. Um, you could do like a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could put out a calendar. Me and Mr. J, just all like... This is be hot. So I think things like that, it it kind of showed me what not to do in marketing. So and and the podcast was still new. In November, it was on its getting ready to start its third month. So it was crazy because I, I kind of self-sabotaged myself with the fans only. I, I was putting too I was trying to do too many things and not focus on the podcast. Because the podcast was was what people really wanted to to know about. They wanted to know the stories behind why I was a dancer. Why did I take all those 
unfortunate missteps through my life. And it, and it was it was interesting because I started to pull back on the the smut and kind of refocus. I learned who my followers were for my podcast. I learned that they were men ages 25 to 55. So so I knew that. So I knew what they were looking for. And I started just to really refocus what I was doing. I decided that I like posting terrible memes. So that's what I was known for is shit posting. So so the memes weren't as spicy as the content that I was posting back in November. And it was spicy. It, Twitter lets you do a lot of spicy things on it within reason, but it doesn't make for a good following. It makes for a lot of um, unmentional pictures in your inbox. And when you're married and you don't really want pictures in your inbox and you get them anyway, it, it kind of causes trouble. Have you ever gotten an unmentional picture in your inbox yet? What, uh, like a dick pic? <laughs> yeah, like a dick pic. <laughs> I don't get them anymore. No, I've got, I've got like where do you know how like porn accounts? If you if you either uh, if you follow them or they follow you and you follow them back, then they'll send a picture of your their bum all to you. <laughs> and that, I found that quite surprising. Um, but I've yeah, got so, dick pics and clam pics. Oh wow! Oh uh, yeah. So I see, I see why it would be annoying. Cause I see, it was literally just an automated bot that sent me a picture. So I, so I can imagine it'd be really fucking annoying if, um, if it was an actual human. Like, what? Um, <clears throat> when someone sends you a dick picker picture, how often is like, is it like an erect penis versus like a? Well, like usually a I penis? can <laughs> I can tell when it's gonna happen. Like somebody will open up a chat with me, and it'll be all nice. It'll be like, hey, and I'll be like, hey, and they'll be like, they'll be like talking to me, and then and then the the climate will change in the text. It'll be like, oh, and and, and they'll just start Ooh. talking about things, and then I'll get they'll start getting. Like, yeah, they'll they'll compliment me. Oh, I really like that <laughs> outfit you were wearing. Oh, I, I really like the the how cute your laugh is on the podcast. And, and, I, and I can see it and I and I can be like, no, don't. And as soon as I say stop, don't send it. The dick pic is already there. And I'm like. And you just kind of throw your hands up and you you kind of go. Now I have to block you now. Now, not only am I going to block you, but I'm going to take a screenshot of this because I didn't ask for this. Because I guess on Twitter, anything goes. Not for me. If you send me a dick pic, I'm going to share it with my followers and I'm going to yeah. rate it. I'm going to tell rate everybody it. how terrible it is because I didn't want that. Oh, God. <laughs> I have a theory, though, that if it's a, like a non-erect penis, then the person wants to be shamed. I don't know. I never got a non-erect oh, penis, okay. so Damn. yeah, it's always been like I've a seen people share hole. those. <laughs> like, it's like, why would you share like share like a little when your willy's looking really small? And I think, oh god, they probably just they want to like have people say, oh, that's gross. It, it probably mm. uh, there's a, there's a lot of interesting. I try not to kink shame. Because everybody's different. You know, mm. I don't care what you're doing in your bedroom as long as there's consent and you're not harming another human being. Mm. 
or yeah, animal. Right. I, I don't, I don't approve of that either. So, and, and you know what, I mean, as, as long as you, I think a lot of people just miss that. They, they, they don't understand that you can't just send your willy off to people and just expect it to be warm welcome. Oh, thank you, sir. May I have another? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never understood why anyone would do it. <laughs> it just seems such a weird thing to do. It is. It is quite weird. Okay, so how often does it happen? <laughs> uh, but it was happening all up until about six months ago so i don't know what the change was but people don't people don't send me dick pics anymore um there was one guy recently but i kind of like hey oh this is here's a look at me and my husband (laughs) i i kind of skirted around it without like allowing the guy to continue i was like Hey, dude, I respect my husband and I don't really want any kind of questionable materials in my inbox. I enjoy this conversation, but. <laughs> you have the the dick pic in your inbox on Twitter. What's like the real life version of that when you're in a strip club? Like what's the unwanted thing that people do? That you oh, don't do? man, I've seen I've seen guys jack off in, in the strip club. Wow. And it is gross. It it is. It doesn't. It doesn't happen as often. But there would be one guy, and you would know that he, because he's wearing a a longer jacket. <laughs> he's got. He's got like fake arm. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, why are you coming in with a jacket and shorts? We know what you're doing. Oh. It, it's. It's. I've seen guys who wear basketball shorts but they don't wear underwear oh no oh oh it's it's gross strippers don't want to give you a lap dance if you're wearing just uh basketball shorts (laughs) that's a girls would be like not it (laughs) is that so that they can ejaculate during the the... i don't dude it's gross i i don't i don't the the nice thing about being a dancer in a strip club is you can tell anyone no. And it's yeah. so empowering to be able to work when you want to, dress how you want to, dance to the music you want to. And if you don't want to drink, you don't have to drink. You don't have to participate in any of the nightlife that you don't want to. It's it's really empowering. I know a lot of people are like, ah, oh, can it really be empowering? But it can be because, in, well, yeah, I know people who work for minimum wage all of the time. They break their backs and they they don't get a single thank you for it. And I can go into the club one night and make a week's worth of pay at minimum wage and not even blink. So, I mean, it's it's really hard that we've got we we shame people for doing easier work than others and the girls that work at strip clubs they're not all terrible a lot of them i know they're independent business owners they're educated i know a lot of lawyers i know a lot of women who have moved on to do really good things in their lives and then i know a lot of them that didn't <laughs> so it yeah. <laughs> 
it, it's it's crazy. It's going to be a range, isn't it? Like, what's the most you've made in one night? It was two thousand dollars in one night. Wow. For for less than four hours of work. Flipping egg. And what was like the average? <laughs> um, probably about six hundred dollars. That's still really good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I I gotta tell you, I I was more goofing off than actually dancing. I tell a lot of terrible stories, uh, a lot of terrible jokes. I I've got I've got tricks that I would do to enter more of an entertainer. <laughs> I'm not I'm not there to I'm the funny guy. You saw yourself as a showman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you're here for the show and and a nice pair of boobs in your face. That's what you're here for. I, I'm not going home with you. I don't. I don't have a whole bunch of perfume on me. I'm not wearing glitter, so I'm not going to get you in trouble. You're just showing up. You're going to have a couple of beers. You're gonna. You're gonna tell me how your day at work was, and then you're gonna go home and have a good time. <laughs> with yourself <laughs> or your wife <laughs> so what uh, um uh what made you decide to retire uh that was the pandemic oh okay <laughs> yeah 32 years i got a little fluffy i was i was still dancing i still i was a waitress and and when our club closed down it closed down about March uh, right right when the pandemic like every they were they were worried about everything so they closed down strip clubs like right away strip clubs and bars done and we didn't know when it was going to come back it didn't come back until September and when it came back we had plexiglass everywhere we had to wear face masks the whole unless you were up on stage or sitting it was weird because Cause you would walk around and you would be pretty much in, in lingerie and your, and your face would be covered. And then you sit down at a, at a bar, at a bar or at a table and you pull down your mask and drink and, and you could get up on stage and just rip it off when you're up on stage. And it just, it didn't have the same feel to it because we didn't know what was going on. We, we didn't know what was going to work. We had, special cleaning solution we had to have our temperatures checked we had to make sure like we wrote in this log every time and when you wipe down a table you had to make sure that your that what you were using to clean the table was warm it was it was yeah so the solution had to be warm when you sprayed down the tables it was it was a lot of it was a lot of work to make sure everybody was safe it's trying to make it too cleanly, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, probably cleanlier than what it what it was, but <laughs> but I mean, it's the seedy underbelly. Yeah. It's it's dark and gloomy in there, and if you turn on the light, you don't know what the strippers really look like. <laughs> I think some some places just can't be cleanly. I don't. I, I don't think it works. Right. <laughs> so what um tell me about your podcasts. You've got a bunch now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm collecting them like cats. Um so my main podcast is Next on Stage 1, and that's me and my co-host Mr. J, and we talk about all of these crazy stories that happen to us within the 40 
two years of us combined in the industry. Now, my co-host is a male dancer. He's owned his own business with, with me. Uh, I was one of his co-workers and we had so much fun doing all kinds of dumb things. And when I say all kinds of dumb things, we tell it all on the podcast and we have so much fun for uh, w- the new episodes release every Monday and they're about an hour and 20. So they're, they're, they're a long conversation like this. It's a lot of fun. My co-host and I, we have different points of view and uh, lot, lots of conversation go on, go along between us because we've known each other for very long. I consider him my brother. That's how close we are. Now, our second podcast has yet to be released, but that's Mr. J's, um, his baby. And it's called Pop Culture Perspective. And you can only hear it on Twitter spaces on Fridays, (laughs) which will be tomorrow. But, you know, this is future me talking to past me. And, and (laughs) And that show is us talking about our nerd fandom stuff. If you can see me on the video... This is all Magic the Gathering. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's my collection of, of cards. So I'm a huge nerd. My co-host is a huge nerd. And we just, we get into it. We get into deep discussions about who our favorite superhero is, how we felt about He-Man, those kind of things. And that's what we do on Fridays. We just get together and hang out and talk about stupid stuff. Now on Wednesdays is my third podcast and every Wednesday I host a project podcast with Pixie and it's for podcasters about podcasters. We basically do a deep dive talking to one another, helping other podcasters learn how to podcast and I'm learning with everybody. So most of the questions are stupid things that I need to know as a podcaster. (laughs) That's a, that's an awesome idea. <laughs> you should join us. You would really like it. Yeah, yeah. I keep meaning to. It's just all, it's always whenever I see it happening. I'm well, just, you're I've in dinner, you're in a totally different. Uh, you're from the future, so I'm from the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, any words of wisdom to leave us with before I let you go? Um, just be kind to yourself. You know, uh, the world is uh, fucked up as it is at least laugh and have a good chuckle and, and reach out to people. Like, I'm glad that you reached out to me. I love talking to other podcasters. Mm. I love spending time and just that this really is how people are getting along and talking to each other. So if you can just reach out and say hi. Hey, thanks for listening. And thank you to Pixie for joining me. Catch her on Twitter at next on stage one and check out our podcast by the links in the description. If you enjoyed this episode, then give it a share on social media and follow the show on your podcast app of choice. Okay, nice one. Bye.